0: From KYW News Radio, the Delaware Valley's news authority, this is Flashpoint. What's igniting debate online and in your community? I'm KYW Community Affairs reporter Cherry Gregg, and we'll run through the big issues of the week that are getting folks hot under the collar. Coming up. Debate over a statue of the one and only Frank Rizzo.
1: We should move to remove all racist statues.
2: I just don't think that getting rid of statues like this cleanses anything. Should
0: it stay or should it go? Advocates on all sides weigh in. A busy legislative agenda in Washington.
3: It's about governing, it's not about campaigning, it's not about who got more votes. We have to deal with the people.
0: Philadelphia's second congressional district representative, Dwight Evans, weighs in. All this and more, but first, a break, then traffic. Welcome back to Flashpoint. The focus is the debate over a statute of the late Frank Rizzo that currently sits outside of Philadelphia's Municipal Services building in Center City. Frank Rizzo is a controversial figure in Philadelphia. He served as police commissioner in the late 60s and mayor in the 70s. And while those that love him remember him as an outspoken, devoted leader of the city, others saw his police force as brutal, corrupt, homophobic, and racist.
3: Stop protecting property over
0: people. That sound from protests that took place last month that came after city councilwoman Helen GEM sent out a tweet calling for removal of the Rizzo statue. It has since been vandalized, forcing the city to put up barricades and assign police to guard it.
4: There's Mayor Jim Kenney. I don't want to see people angry and hurt, physically hurt, potentially, over a piece of metal. With me in
0: the studio to discuss all sides of this flashpoint is Anthony Smith of Philly for Real Justice, which is pushing to remove the statue. Temple History Professor Ralph Young of Descent in America, voices that shape the nation, and journalist Tom Nickel, who wrote an opinion piece for Philadelphia magazine, arguing that the statue should stay. Welcome to the KYW studios. Should the statue stay or go? Why or why not? And I'll start with the two opposing views and then we'll have Ralph jump in there. Tom, why sh- should the statue stay or go?
2: I think that the statue should remain as a symbol of human imperfection because I think if it is removed, it will not end here. It may be the Rizzo statue now, but five years from now, this will morph into into a whole other thing.
0: Yeah. And so, Anthony, what's your, what's your response to that?
1: I believe that the statue is a traumatic piece to the elders um, who remember being beaten, dragged out of their homes by Rizzo's police force. And I don't really believe that necessarily survivors of the Holocaust need a statue of Hitler to remember the history. I believe that's a job for the education
4: system.
0: And so, Ralph, talk about it from a historical perspective. What would it do to remove it or keep it there uh, as far as the, the history goes for Philadelphia?
4: I think what we need to do in our educational system is to teach about the imperfections of all of our leaders, whether it's George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, uh, Frank Rizzo, you know, any of these people. It's a very different thing than what's been going on, like for example, in Charlottesville over the Confederate statues because these statues of Lee and Davis and Stonewall Jackson and all, these people were traitors. They tried to destroy the United States. Frank Rizzo, as controversial as he was and with his basic racial ideas and his very hard-handed ways of policing the city, uh, there's a lot of things about him that are really pretty negative. But I think these should be taught to people that he was not a perfect man, but he was not out to destroy the United States.
0: Well, I mean, and I want you to jump in here, Anthony, because there's a lot of folks within communities of color who would strongly disagree. They believe that they were terrorized by the Rizzo administration, and, and what do you say to that?
1: We basically deal with the remnants of uh, the police uh, force that Rizzo sort of trained, So the very super violent, almost invincible, not accountable to any system. And I think that when we're talking about uh, treachery, uh, we need to understand that uh, black people in the city also share the same city as everybody else. And I think that most black elders would consider it uh, treacherous um, to be stripped um, in your street or beaten um, and dragged out of your home So I think that the Confederacy and considering that treachery um, on a statewide level is no different than what Frank Rizzo did locally in Philadelphia.
0: Tom, you actually had some run ins, some negative run ins with Frank Rizzo as a younger man. Talk about those and why, despite these negative run ins, you still say it should remain.
2: The uh, gay community was just as vulnerable as the black community was during the time that Rizzo ruled the city. I think that Rizzo had a special fondness for the police, and he pretty much let the police do what they wanted to do. It was terrible, and as a journalist, I did not like Rizzo, and I often wrote against him. And I was thrown into the back of a paddy wagon twice, once because they thought I was a suspect to a crime, and the second reason is because they were just rounding up gay people who were talking on stoops. It was a tactic of sheer harassment. However, when I met him, I saw a person in evolution. And when he ran for mayor the final time, I believe that his opinions about these things did change. I just don't think that getting rid of statues like this cleanses anything. Rizzo and his ilk, they're not going to come back. That—that That is a dead and buried era. Some
0: people would say that There is still some of a Rizzo-esque-ness to the police force.
1: Philadelphia has never um, confronted uh, racist and terrible policing. The statue is not the focal point, but the emotions behind the people and the research that went into putting the statue up is what we address.
0: Emotion behind the statue has caused people to vandalize it multiple Mm -hmm. times. Police had to be assigned to protect the statue. What does it do for the city as a whole, when we have a lot of other problems,
1: people can come together and focus on a statue because people are very tired of the way education is in Philadelphia. People are very tired of poverty and homelessness and health care. People are very tired of policing. And I think that Frank Rizzo is a focal point for that um, because he represents such an oppressive, expensive um, emboldened police force.
0: The, the sure. Frank Rizzo statue, Tom, is the focal point of That's frustration. True. That's a good
2: point. I know that the emotions behind the statue can sometimes carry weight. I just don't think that if we take a statue away, all these problems are going to be corrected magically because a symbol is removed. The Art Commission is now assigned to hold
0: hearings this fall and to decide and to determine what is going to happen With this statute, I want each of you to propose like what you think should be done.
4: I think they should also consider the fact that Woodrow Wilson was a racist. There are statues to him in Princeton and other places. There are hardly any American officials in the past who are completely clean of that sin. Basically, the United States was founded on slavery. It was founded on racism. And it's been through all of our history. Yes. And it's very difficult for people to get beyond that, but people are trying.
0: And so, Anthony, what do you, what do you think should be done?
4: <clears throat> we should move to remove all racist
1: statues. And if, if, it is, if we find it that difficult because racism is ingrained in every fiber of the country, then we need to start removing them and start having an honest conversation in the so-called post-racial United States.
2: And so what do you think, Tom? No matter where that statue is placed, there's always going to be trouble. It's not going to be safe in a public space. We need to sort of uh, come together and think up something positive.
0: Well, I want to give each of you a final word, 15 seconds.
1: So September 14th, uh, Philly Real Justice Black is Back and St. Sankofa Empowerment are coming together to have a rally again around the statue starting at 9 a.m. And it'll be a bigger unified force of what the black and brown community um, and a queer community feel about policing <clears throat> and a Frank Rizzo statue in general.
4: All right. Final word. Well, it kind of reminds me of William Faulkner's famous comment that the past is not even a past. You know, it's still with us.
2: Yeah. Final word, Tom. Just be very, very careful when the subject is war on statues, because we don't want to go the way of New York City where they've stooped to the level of removing tiles in the subway that look like miniature Confederate flags. This is where this insanity can lead to Anthony
0: Smith, to Ralph Young, and to Tom Nichols. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank Thank you.
0: you. Next up, our newsmakers of the week are Philadelphia-based entrepreneurs who created wearable tech that protects women.
2: It sends your GPS coordinates to emergency contacts to get you immediate help.
0: I'll tell you how they came up with the idea and how it's changing lives. Radio.com. dot com. This is Flashpoint, where we talk about the issues that get everyone hot and bothered. I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. Our newsmaker of the week had a front row seat to the rescission of the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals that protected Dreamers. Those immigrants brought to the U.S. illegally as children, also to other heat in Washington. Second Congressional District Representative Dwight Evans, thanks for calling into Flashpoint. Now, you guys have had a really busy week in Washington uh, now that Congress is back in session. Uh, the first thing up was the announcement that the Trump administration would rescind DACA. Just your initial reaction to that announcement.
3: I thought it was wrong and cruel. Uh, that's what President Obama said. I totally agree with that. I think it sends the wrong message. It affects 800,000 people. And those are our neighbors. Uh, those are individuals who are aspiring to just... Be here and do a good job, and we should give that opportunity. He should have got us together, Democrats and Republicans, and then we should have came up with a solution.
0: Congress has been charged to, within the next six months, come up with some legislation. Do you think it can get
3: done? Uh, First, I've signed on to the bill. Uh, There is a bill that's been introduced in the House already. There's a bill introduced in the Senate. The second part I think is very important is that there should be a joint message. From the House and the President together, that we are going to fix this problem. I don't think you do it the way that the President has, and I think that's been wrong. So the answer is yes. We have no choice but to do it.
0: Is this bill basically DACA, but yes. in the form of it, an actual law, not an executive order?
3: Ex- ex- exactly. We've taken what was the executive order, and now it is in the actual language. Democrat and Republican introduced that bill, and same thing in the Senate. And we just have to push it through the process. Ideally, I would love to get that done. The same kind of urgency we've done with the hurricane as well as the debt limit. We should stay here and get that done.
0: Yeah. And speaking of the debt limit, I mean, there has been lots of talk about the Democrats cutting this deal with President Donald Trump to the chagrin of his own party. Now, is this something that you see in the future? And do you have any insights on that deal?
3: In order to deal with the Harvey situation, we were at a limit within the budget. So we needed to make sure the dollars were available for fixing that particular problem. So first and foremost, you're talking about eight billion dollars for Harvey, but more than that, you're talking about forty thousand people being dislodged, people who will not have their homes, people who may not have their cars to get to work. You're talking about the lives of the people. So The first thing is the focus should not be so much on the deal between the Democrats and Republicans, but the focus should be on the people who've been dislodged. That's the first thing. Secondly, I'm happy that the president finally realized that we we have to govern and the campaign is over. He won the election. I was not for him. That's not the issue now. So I'm happy he understands it's about governing. It's not about campaigning. It's not about who got more votes. We have to deal with the people.
0: Yeah. And so what are some of the big items uh, on the agenda that you're focused on right now?
3: I'm focused on school modernization. Dr. Hite came out sometime last year and said it would cost $5 billion to address school modernization. There's a direct connection between school modernization and, and education opportunity. For example, Roosevelt Junior High School was built when Teddy Roosevelt was president That's over 100 years ago. The second thing I'm trying to deal with is food insecurity. Uh, The president is trying to reduce the SNAP program. I think it's rather ironic that in Harvey, they need more access to the SNAP program on one hand. And on the other hand, he's trying to reduce it. And last but not least is what I call middle neighborhoods, neighborhoods that are caught between declining neighborhoods and growth neighborhoods. They are the bread and butter that that, that holds the city together.
0: Recently, uh, we just heard breaking news that Education Secretary Betsy DeVos would now be um, reversing some of the Title IX work that is done to curb sexual assaults on campus, another Obama administration initiative. Any comments on that?
3: we got a lot of player hating going on here. Them being obsessed with trying to dismantle things that President Obama, I think, is 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 anti-American and not beneficial to the people of this country. The Muslim ban, all of the achievements of Title IX, seems like it's counterproductive behavior. Where we agree, we will agree. Where we don't agree, we will, we will battle with him.
0: The Republicans are running things right now. How are you building those relationships so that you can build those coalitions with the other side to get stuff done?
3: We have to get past the titles that have and focus on the relationships. Went to Alabama with John Lewis. Up at Penn State with G.T. Thompson, who's a Republican, who is vice chair of the Agriculture. I was with him and Brian uh, Fitzpatrick, who who's a Republican. So there's things that just very quietly and methodically I've been trying to build those kinds of relationships that are necessary. And I've been using everything in my political toolbox to raise the consciousness for people on the things that are important. Thank you so
0: much for uh, taking the time to appear. I
3: congratulate you on your new show. Thank Uh, you. I think KYW serve a very vital role, a part of democracy. Well, thank you so much for
0: being on Flashpoint. Next up, we'll highlight our
5: nonprofit of the week. Each one of us lost a child to homicide. We decided to come together and unite
0: for ways their union is empowering families. But first, a break. Radio.com Radio.com This is Flashpoint, and we here at KYW are all about community. And this week, it is all about the National Homicide Justice Alliance, the Philadelphia chapter. And I have with me in the KYW studios, Movita Johnson-Harrell, Aleda Garcia, and Lisa Espinoso, the leaders of this organization. Thank you so much, ladies, for being here.
5: Thank you for having us.
0: You three ladies are mothers, and you're all linked
5: together by what? Each one of us lost a child to homicide. We decided to come together and unite as mothers and to make a difference in Philadelphia.
0: Movita, tell me your story about your loss and we'll go down the line so people can kind of get an idea of the passion behind this.
5: I moved to Lansdowne, Delaware County. My son had gone up to Germantown on January 12th to pick up his sister just to make sure that she was safe. And two boys put four bullets in my son thinking he was someone else.
0: And so, Aleda, I actually met you um, mm-hmm. when you and your ex-husband were out fighting to find the the person who murdered your son, Alex.
5: Right. January 24th, 2015, Alejandro was murdered while he was driving his car. Someone had an illegal weapon. He shot 14 bullets into the side of the vehicle and killed him.
0: And so, Lisa, tell our listeners your story.
5: My son, Raymond Jose Pantoja, was murdered on April 10th, 2016 at Piena Allegheny. His, he actually went to help a friend who was jumped by seven people, and somebody just walked up to him and shot him. One bullet took his life. We have come together to help and assist other families that will receive that news to lead them and guide them into the system on what steps they need to do to be empowered to help and to help solve the case or get a resolution to the
0: case. And so what you ladies have become, in a sense, is like, Private investigators, among yeah, other things. So give me the yes. laundry list. of, uh, Besides being investigators, your own investigators, what else?
5: We're advocates for ourselves and our families. The whole experience is, is horrible. Going through the grief and at the same time advocating for your loved one that's been killed. We also have to learn how to access the homicide unit, how to access Services, um, talking to the legislators, and you know, messaging and talking to new mothers, and and educating about victim services, victim compensation, um, how to connect to crime watchers, how to get the story out. We're all educated women, and we know that there are gaps in the system, and we have been working diligently to fill those gaps because homicide is so prevalent in our communities that our communities are traumatized over and over again. So people are left feeling helpless and hopeless. There's probably a
0: lot of victims out here. What can they do to get in touch with you and maybe join this effort to make the system better?
5: Well, we just launched a website, org. We will get in touch with you and we will talk to you. Uh, we are also going to have a presence at the Art Museum on the National Day of Remembrance for Murder Victims, which is September 25th. We are going to do a presentation in white around the fountain with the photos of our children. We'll also be in the Puerto Rican parade because we need everyone to see this. We need to raise awareness.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much. You can get more information at NationalHomicideJusticeAlliance.org. Thank you so much. Thank
5: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Well, that's it for Flashpoint. You can follow KYW News Radio on Twitter and let us know what you think by using the hashtag Flashpoint. You can also follow me at Cherry Gregg. In the meantime, if there's an issue that makes you hot under the collar, let us know and we'll walk you through the flames. To paraphrase the late Nelson Mandela, if you want to make peace with your enemy, you have to work with your enemy. Then he becomes your partner. I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. Until next week, thanks for listening.